Hello, my name is David Coletta, and I'm the senior leader at Mission Community Church. Before you begin watching the Sermon of the Week, allow me to pray that you might encounter God right there where you are. Father, I ask that your spirit will be present right where people are watching this video. May they be receptive to the voice of your spirit as they watch in Jesus' name, amen. From all of us at MCC, may God bless you as you watch this week's message. In 2006, uh, the movie called The Pursuit of Happiness, uh, starring Will Smith and his son Jaden, was um, uh, released. And it, it's a movie based on the true story of Chris Gardner, a father who went from rags to riches, from homelessness and living in a shelter to becoming a very successful businessman. It was a great story that inspired uh, survival, it inspired determination, it inspired the never give up on your dreams if you desire to experience happiness in life. Now, today I'm going to start something called the pursuit of joy to explore the importance of joy in the Christian life. Now, you say, what's the difference between happiness and joy? Happiness by definition, happiness is defined as an emotional state that's characterized by feelings of joy, satisfaction, contentment, and fulfillment. Now, while happiness has many different definitions, it is often described as involving positive emotions and life satisfaction. I think we all understand happiness and what that's about. Now, you can say in a short sentence that happiness is an emotion based on an external circumstance. So, example of that is you go and watch a soccer game, a football game, and it's a great event. I don't know, the uh, Charlotte, uh, what are they called? You know that I'm not a... Uh, an American soccer fan. I, I still have, I'm making the adjustment. I'm sorry if all of you are Charlotte, whatever they are called. I know I'm offending them. I know, I know, I, but I, I just can't help myself. Um, I'm into European soccer. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Um, uh, but anyway, you know, you go to a great football game involving the San Francisco 49ers against uh, Charlotte, what are they called? No, just kidding. <laughs> And, um, and it's a great game, and it just it brings you happiness, right? Or you go to a restaurant that some, you know, so many people have talked to you about, and you sit down, and you anticipate a great meal, and you enjoy a great meal. And, and oftentimes, I know for me, my wife, we're foodies. And so when we go and have good food, we can't shut up about it. I'm like, oh, have you tried this restaurant? It's so good. Oh, you got to try the shrimp, whatever. Or, you know, and it's like, oh. You, you, you just all of a sudden you make people hungry just by your description of what you're going through. Happiness exudes through you, right? If you get a new car, you know, you want to talk about your new car. If you get a, a, a new house, but well, it's not something that you get any other day. But anyway, if you get a raise on a job, you know, you get excited, right? So there's things in life that really get your uh, happiness juices pumping and flowing. Now, 
allow me to ask you this question. If you had a time machine that uh, could travel only in one direction, and it would go into the past, what event in your life would you stop at? I'll give you just a, a moment to think about it. What event in your life, in your past, would you stop at? Would that be the child version of you, careless and happy and just skipping through life? Would it be the single version of you if you're married? Free to do whatever? <laughs> Would that be the version of you married with no kids, so less responsibilities and more sleep at night? And for all those parents that have young kids, you say amen. What would that be? Would that be when you had the dream vacation of your life and you just like, wow, I'm here finally. I've been wanting to be here for all my life and here I am and I'm enjoying the dream vacation of my life. What time in your life recalls the greatest joy moments, happy moments? And what exactly is joy anyway? That's what I want to talk about today a little bit. So in the dictionary, joy is defined as a feeling, just very much like happiness, an experience, a, a feeling. But I don't want to look at a standard definition for joy today. What I want to do, I want to take out a, the biblical sense, a biblical meaning of what joy is all about, and not from a generic stem or, uh, standpoint or human standpoint, but from a biblical standpoint and biblical understanding. Because you know what? We live in a time, and probably the worst time that I believe that we have lost joy. We have lost joy. We, if we are really, truly honest with ourselves even, we may be in that number of people that have lost joy. The past two and a half years in the United States and really around the world have been brutal on our joy level. We've experienced isolation, confusion, sickness, anger, frustration, and in some cases, death. Depression and suicide have gone through the roof. It's been hard for kids in school being forced to isolate, wear a mask, and, and not talk to anybody. I read some time ago in a small town in Colorado that the number of teen suicides was higher than the number of COVID deaths in that place. Think about that for a moment. It's shocking. Our joy has been impacted by a variety of issues, ranging from socioeconomic issues, uncertainties, political and racial unrest, confusion, frustration, and the list can go on and on and on. Parents needing to worry about protecting their children from devious sexual orientations, confusion in our educational system, godless and biblical, dis biblically distorted agendas that are being pushed out on our children. Because you know why? The devil's number one job and the devil's number one responsibility is to get the next generation. And so he is trying anything and everything that he can to do that. I would say, guys, in passing, that as parents and grandparents, we need to be alert, on the alert when it comes to what our children are being taught. 
We need to be of those people who will take steps and opportunities when presented to stand up for what truly matters. And that is the protection of our children. There's a lot going on. I mean, most recently, when you think about it, the price of gas, that alone wants to just wants to stay, cause you to stay in the house, not go anywhere. I mean, who wants to drive anywhere nowadays? It's so expensive. Mental issues are on the rise. Isolation, loneliness, anger, frustration, all those things will impact us. And they will impact our abilities to experience joy. Now, the idea of uh, pursuing happiness for some people means one thing for others, other things, right? So we all have our own ideas. But I would say that for the most part, a lot of people express wanting to or, or desire wanting to uh, experience joy and happiness by just having a little fun in life, right? I mean, what's wrong with a little fun? But when fun becomes wanting to just eat and drink yourself into forgetting the realities of what we're facing, that becomes a problem. And so our lifestyles are important. Now let me ask you this question. Where is your pursuit of joy leading you? Is it leading you close to Christ? Or is it leading you further away from Him? Does it involve spiritual realities or only physical and emotional satisfactions? Because we have got to be honest that if we are going to understand and receive the real joy of the Lord, which we desperately need, we need to come face to face with how we look at happiness and joy. And so... As we look at the answer, to answer this question, does our joy include spiritual realities? You might say, why in the world anyway are you preaching about joy? I mean, you said it yourself, David, that things are rough. It's hard to experience joy today. Let's be honest, it's so hard to feel any sense of joy because there's so much stuff that's going on in our world. How do you want me to express or experience joy and feel joy of living? And, you know, things are just hard. And, and wherever you turn, people are just discouraged. How do you want me to do that? Well, that's exactly why we need to talk about joy. Because there is a great deficit and a great need for us to experience the true joy of the Lord. Not just a joy that's fleeting based on circumstances, but something that is on the inside. And we're going to talk about what joy is all about. You know, we look around us and it gets discouraging. And, I, and as I was thinking of this message, I thought, I, I thought of the people of Israel, and Psalm 137 gives us a verse, and I, we don't have it up, uh, but it, basically Psalm 137 were the people of Israel crying out for God, to God, and they, and they said, one, there's one verse that says, how can we sing the songs of the Lord 
in a strange land. How can we, let, uh, let, let me rephrase that and paraphrase that for us today. How do you want me to experience joy in this life when things are so hard? How do you want me to feel the joy of the Lord in my life when I am going through difficulties on the job? I've, I've been working at home and I really would like to go in the office, but just, you know, the office has been shut down. Or, or I just cannot, you know, uh, I don't have the means to go on a vacation because things are so expensive and, and so many things impact our joy level. How do you want me to express, experience that joy? Well, the people of Israel ask themselves that same question. How do you want us to sing? How can I praise God in the midst of all this? I believe that as we become active in our pursuit for biblical joy, God will use it and listen to this, and write this down, because it will actually be one, one of the uh, 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 three parts that I'm going to be preaching. We'll talk about joy as a weapon. And I believe that joy will become a weapon to encourage us, to give us hope, and not drive us into spiritual isolation and being alone. It will be powerful. Joy will strengthen us because it will give us Life on the inside. And we're not going to give up on this life because things are bad or give up on church or give up on our families or even on ourselves because of what He will do on the inside of us. Joy has to become more than an emotional response to circumstances. It must be a heartfelt reality. We must look to God as a source of contentment rather than the things that bring us contentment in this life on the surface or the happy experiences that we have which are in so many ways really temporal right when you really think about the last time that you had a real good time you think about that moment that hour or two or or a few hours that you spent with friends or family and then sometimes we go right back to where we started and so let me show or share with you a couple of uh, scriptures the first one is found in romans Chapter 14 and verse 17. I think we all know this scripture. I think we've probably heard it a number of times. Romans 14 and 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, of joy, and the Holy Spirit. So let me just invert that phrase and say that joy is not a matter of eating and drinking. Right? Isn't that what it's saying? Joy, righteousness, and peace, that's the kingdom of God, is not a matter of just surface satisfaction. It's not a matter of temporal exercises or experiences that we have. But it's something deeper, something that has root. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. And then the second verse that I want to share with you is found in Romans chapter 15 and verse 13 that says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy. Whew. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of 
of the Spirit. That is, guys, the, the way that we are going to be filled and blessed with joy and peace and overflow with a sense of hope for life is when the God of peace fills us with his joy. And so I'm excited. I'm excited. So I'm going to start by giving you just some basic definitions of what joy is not and what joy is. Is that all right? Are you with me this morning? All right. So here's what I think joy is not. Joy is not a fleeting emotion based on pleasant circumstances that we're going through. I think that we all have understood that, right? It's not just the good old times, the fun times that we have. It's more than that. Joy is not possessions or riches or the things that we have accumulated, nor the pleasure that we feel for those things. Because with that, oftentimes comes the pressure to get more, which makes us miserable. Silence. You know what sometimes why we become miserable? Because we're in a rat race to get more. Because we got to be like the person that we live close to that is driving a better car. So, well, you know, if he's driving a better car, I, I might as well get me a better car. And, you know, life is all about getting more. And so let me get more. And so we think that often that is what's going to bring satisfaction to our lives. Now, guys, these are generic statements. I'm not saying that all of us are the same, right? But we need to examine our lives. Examining our lives. So if joy is what that represents in your life, you need to ask yourself, why am I doing that? Joy is not looking around and comparing ourselves to those who have less because there will always be those who have more. And therefore, comparison will rob us of the joy that we try to measure ourselves to others for. I want to be, I want, I, 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 I wish I. That's comparison. And comparison will rob you and rob me of all joy. Joy is not the absence of sadness or the absence of lacks in our lives. Or the presence of something incredible and spectacular. I mean, I don't want to have any lacks and I want to have like all of this amazing stuff, right? It's not that. Because we tend to express joy when we experience the spectacular. So think about it for yourself. When you go through one of the Charlotte FC great games and you're excited, I don't know, I said it, and, you, and you're just so excited that they won, you know, although they lost yesterday to D.C., you say, wow, you knew that? Yes, I do, I know, I'm, I follow. Um, I mean, there's like, there's like great fun stuff that happens, right? Oh, wait, did they win to D.C.? They, I think they beat D.C., right? But they lost to another team last night. I don't know. Whatever. There you go. Chicago Spitfires or something, whatever they're called. <clears throat> we miss those moments. Joy is not a byproduct of people's opinions. 
And it should not depend on what people say about you and me. And when we really think about it, guys, we spend way too much time worrying about what people think of us or thinking about what are they thinking of me. Whether that be in real life or social media or, you know, Instagram platform or Facebook or TikTok or whatever you're using, we spend too much time focusing on that when the real you is not the image that is seen online. It's not what joy is about. And joy is not focusing on past hurts and mistakes by creating so many safeguards and then looking ahead to prevent any scenario that may hurt us again. I'm going to say this again. Joy is not focusing on all the past hurts that we have had and then trying to come up with every safeguard that we can possibly imagine so that we don't hurt, we're not get hurt again. Some of that is good, of course. But this can rob us of the joy of living in the moment because all that we keep on doing is just watching over our backs. Who's there? When's the next time that I'm going to get hurt or disappointed? We can't do that. That's not what joy is all about. Now, let me switch to what joy is. Joy is, number one, the a fruit of the Spirit. And we read it, right? And we're going to read it again shortly. But it's a fruit of the Spirit, which means that if the Spirit of God is living in you and me, joy must be in evidence. If joy is not in evidence, then the result is that Perhaps we're not really living our lives in the Spirit. I know that that's like, is that that easy, black and white? Well, if God lives in us, should there not be an evidence of God living in us? We don't, you know, I I love it. We were talking about it with uh, some folks at prayer. Jesus said that you shall be my witnesses, right? You shall what? Help me out. You shall Be. be. Be, right? Not say. And oftentimes we focus on what we say or what we need to say and how we need to respond to people. When Jesus said, you shall be, be. That means let your life speak. Not just your words. Let your life communicate that that God lives in you. And oftentimes joy for life, for this life, speaks incredible volumes in the midst of depression, in the midst of isolation and people feeling so down, discouraged and disappointed about life. You know what? Let the life of God through you speak. So joy must be evident as a fruit of the Spirit in us. Also, joy is the kingdom of God manifested. And we read that in our text, in Romans 14, that it is righteousness, peace, and joy. That's what the kingdom of God is. So we think often that the kingdom, you know, we say the kingdom, the kingdom, like big words, right? Oh, we got to be more kingdom-minded. What does that even mean? What does that mean to be more kingdom-minded? Well, how about we start with righteousness, peace, and joy? That means right living, having peace, the peace of God, and then having the joy of the Lord. It's, guys... 
Christianity is not this incredibly crazy formula. You don't need to be a crazy professor. You know, you got to add a little bit of Bible verse and a little worship song from Bethel and a little bit of worship song from Passion. And, and then you add a little message and, and go to prayer. You put it all together, and that just gives you joy. It's not. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Right living, peaceful living, joyful living. Let's not overcomplicate it, right? What's joy? Joy is an inner contentment and satisfaction that comes from God's presence because we know that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. If we love the Lord, right? If we love Him, experiencing the joy that He wants to give us will come as we focus on that inner peace, inner contentment that is not dependent on the circumstances that we're going through, is not dependent on that cool vacation, is not dependent on the great vehicle, is not dependent on the fun clothes and shoes and things, whatever you love. It's dependent on God. Joy is experiencing the pleasure of the Lord as we learn to meditate on His Word, on His goodness, and His grace. Guys, the Word of God is active, powerful. The Bible describes itself as being sharper than any double-edged sword. That means that the Word of God will speak to your heart. It will speak to my heart. It will penetrate where perhaps the fun things of this life will never go to. Right, The Word of God will cut right in and we will sense the presence of the Lord in such a different way when we read the Word of God. We have got to learn to uh, feed ourselves on God's Word. It is bread. It is life. It is drink. It is everything that we need. If you're not reading the Word of the Lord as regularly as you should, I encourage you, read the Bible. Let that be the foundation for everything that happens in your life. Whether that is that you need joy or you need peace or you need whatever that you need, it's in God. It's always found in God. If I am struggling in life and I spend time with Jesus, all of a sudden, I, I just, I don't know about you, but I just, it just lifts my spirit. If I'm going through a hard time in life, if I can go to God, He will lift me up. That's what He does. That's what God does. That's why it's important to feed our spirit on God's Word. Joy is being present in the moment and enjoying what we have rather than hoping to get what we don't have and then experiencing the frustration that comes from it. Right? We said that before. Let's not focus on what we don't have. Let's enjoy what we have so that we don't go through the frustration and just being in the moment. Guys, we, that is such a hard thing for us in our society. I'll be the first one to say I struggle with that. I struggle with not being in the moment. I struggle when sometimes there's things happening around and my mind is going through so many different in, in so many different directions that I don't stop and focus in the here and now. We have got to enjoy the moment. Joy is knowing that our lives are in God's hands and that 
He ultimately is in control. Joy is being satisfied with God and His Word and what His Word says about us. Our identity being solid in Him because He knows us best and He knows what we need. Joy is knowing that we have an eternal hope. Guys, this life is only temporal. It will not last forever. And one day, we're going to be faced with eternity. And I want to be faced with eternity with God. Eternity with God. Being with Him forever. Joy, as someone put it, joy is the kind of happiness that doesn't depend on what happens. And finally, Billy Sunday said this, and I absolutely love it. If you have no joy... There's a leak in your Christianity somewhere. Whew. That hurt when I read that. Because there are days that I just don't have joy. Do you struggle with joy sometimes? Can I see your hand? Can you be honest? Okay, look around now, guys. Yeah, you're not alone. I'm not alone. Some days are rough. Some days are hard. We need the joy of the Lord. Joy, friends, is not an emotion. It's not present conditions based. It's a choice based on a divine position that we have. So you say, what are you talking about, this divine position? Look at Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6. That's our position. Look at our position. And God raised him up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Where are you seated? In where? Heavenly realms. So that means that if we see it with God, and our identity is in Him and with Him, it changes our perspective, right? If you see an object from a higher altitude, you tend to see it with, you get a better perspective, right? I know some businesses use drones to get a higher altitude view, Right? in order to understand all of the nooks and crannies and, and places around a property or wherever, right? And it's the same way spiritually. As we elevate in God, it changes our perspective. It changes the way we see things. It changes the way that we respond to scenarios and circumstances because we are called by God to look at things with a different point of view. We are seated with Christ. Circumstances may determine happiness, but they will not determine our joy because when we're positioned in Christ with Him, it will change our perception of reality. Let me close by sharing just a couple of ideas about joy that we need to be aware of. One is that God is the source of all joy. God is the source of all joy. If you think of any other thing and you think that, that other items that you have will give you real joy, you're thinking wrong. God is the very source that will propel us into a life of joy. In Galatians chapter 5 and verses 22 and 23, we're going to put it up on the screen for you guys. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, it is joy, 
It's peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And so the fruit of the Spirit originates, the Spirit is God, right? It originates in God. It originates in the Spirit. Therefore, joy has its source in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. Are you, are you with me? Right? All joy comes from God. There's no other source. That means that when God is the source of our joy, He can give us the ability to respond to circumstances with joy. Because God is in us, we'll response to, our response to adverse circumstances will be with the joy that He is giving us. God is the source of all joy. Number two, joy is a result of of my choice. Joy is a result of my choice. In Psalm, one, um, uh, Psalm 16 and verses 5 to 9, we're going to put that up for you guys to read it. It says, Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. Guys, this, this psalm is just so unbelievable. I was so blessed to read this. When God is our inheritance, He's our cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. The land you have given me is a pleasant land. What a wonderful inheritance. I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. Next page, please. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. Now listen to these words. No wonder my heart is glad. Do you get it? When God is my inheritance and he does all that other stuff, no wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice. That means I have joy. And I rejoice and my body rests in safety. That's peace. No wonder my heart is happy because I have the joy of the Lord and I have peace in Him when He is my inheritance, when He is my portion, my cup of blessing, when God is the very source of our lives, when we make God the number one choice in everything that we say and do. All of a sudden, things change around us. Now, you might be thinking, man, I've tried it. It's hard. I love you, but you haven't tried hard enough. Because truly, when God is the very source of our life and the number one choice of, above any other source of life, then, and only then, will our hearts be glad and we'll experience the joy that comes from the Lord and our bodies will rest in peace. Then and only then. You know what that word, joy, my heart will be glad and I will rejoice? I love that. In the Hebrew, the word is a word, samach. You've got to say it with that, if not, it's not the right way to say it. It's samach. And samach means exceedingly and arrogantly joyous. Ha! 
<laughs> you know how sometimes we look at people that praise God a little bit too fanatically and we say, he's so weird. No, you know what? He's so biblical. He is so biblical. Because you've got to praise God with that joy that is absolutely, exceedingly, and arrogantly oh, joyous for God. I love what the Passion Translation says. It says, my heart and my soul explode for joy. Explode for joy. You see, when God is our inheritance, joy will be evidence. And you know what that joy will cause us to become? We'll become like a joy bomb wherever we go. We'll explode with joy. And you know what? It's okay. It's okay. It's the Bible is telling us it's all right to have that joy that is exceeding and it's just like arrogantly joy basically means I don't care what you think about me. I'm going to live my life with Jesus. And if you want to live in depression, you go right ahead and do that. If you want to live sad, you go right ahead and you do that. Why so sad? Why so sad? Why so sad? When you can have the joy of the Lord. Ah. Oh. A joy bomb. You've been around some people that are joy bombs. I know, I, I know you know what I'm talking about. I'm like, oh, man, I wish I had some of that. I don't know what she is drinking or he is drinking, but I want some of that, right? We, have, we, have you ever said that? I have. I want some of that. You know, the book of Philippians is known in, as the happiest book of the Bible. Did you know that? The word joy and rejoice occur more frequently in the book of Philippians than in any other book in the New Testament. Do you know where Paul wrote the book of Philippians from? What? Help me out. What did he have around his ankles? He was in chain. He was in a prison. He was not in a five-star hotel comfy room with a view and a mahogany desk to write the book of Philippians. He probably lay down on some floor, dirt floor somewhere. And yet, he expresses the most joy than anywhere else in the Bible in the book of Philippians. In the book of Philippians. How in the world could he experience that? Because he had unshakable joy that was rooted in Christ, not in the situation that he was living. And if we understand that our joy must not be rooted in our circumstances, but it has to be rooted in the reality of our relationship with Jesus, then you know what happens? Roots bring what? To a tree. Stability. Roots create stability, right? And then that, those root systems will go deeper and deeper so the tree begins to grow and produce branches, large branches, and fruits that will be good for eating. That's why Paul was talking about that joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Because when you're rooted in Christ, when your roots are in Him, your tree, your life will produce something very powerful. If you remember the prime acronym, prayer, relationship, instruction, that's the root system, right Jim? And then the instruction, the I of prime, produces M, which is maturity, which is our fruit. 
without fruit, we're fooling ourselves. We, can't, we live a stale life without growth. So we have got to look at ourselves in that sense, guys. Joy is a fruit. It's a characteristic of a believer that is rooted in Christ. Joy should exude from us. And I'm not talking about being funny and lighthearted. I'm talking about that no matter what life may bring to us, our lives are in God's hands and that reality has to permeate our life. That, that in itself will give us the assurance and will make us secure even in the worst of circumstances of life because God is in it. And we're not doing it alone. Let me conclude with this. In order to experience joy the way God wants us to experience it, we have to shrink our circle of friends. That's important. Hear me out. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 20. Proverbs 13 verse 20 says this. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and you're getting trouble. Look at your relationships and th- ask yourself the question, are people in my life making me better? Are they helping me in my quest and pursuit for joy? Or are they bringing me down? I know that's a hard question to answer. Because at times God will say, that relationship, that guy, that girl, whatever, that great people. I can hear sometimes, and you know what? We've experienced it, my wife and I. We've experienced God saying, I love them. I know you love them, but they're not good for you right now. I know that's a hard concept. It's a hard reality because we are loving by nature. We have the nature of God in us that is a loving nature, and we want to appease people, right? We want to be happy with everybody. We want to be loving, and we want to be sincere, but it's hard to be sincere with people that you love because you don't want to offend them. But you've got to ask yourself the question, and I've got to ask myself the question, are the relationships in my life causing me to grow in the Lord, or are they causing me to stifle my growth in some ways? Misery loves company, we've heard it said, right? And it despises anyone who refuses to join. Sometimes to cultivate and keep joy, we have got to shrink the circle of friends the circle of people that will speak life. I'm not talking about acquaintances. I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about friends. Friends. And ultimately, Jesus, who is the friend who sticks closer than any other brother. Let me close with this. Years ago, we, when we were pastoring in Montreal, um, I remember this couple that accepted Christ. They were just so full of joy. Oh my gosh, these two were like, I remember they walked in the church when I was leading a worship service, and I was singing, I'll fly away. How many of you know that song, I'll fly away? You know what I'm, I'll fly away to glory. When I die, hallelujah, by and by. That's what it says. He's thinking, like, wait a minute. I'm like, these people came, and they were 
excited about Jesus as I was singing, When I die, hallelujah, by and by, I fly away. They were, they were happy in the Lord. They, just, they were just full of joy all the time. And then they went to Sunday school. I'll never forget it. They both came to see me so distraught. And they said, I don't know what's going on. David, I don't know what's happening. But like we were just expressing how we have so much joy in God and we just love the Lord. They were like brand new Christians. That we were like so joyful in the Lord. And this lady that was teaching, she just said, well, you wait until you become a Christian as long as I have been. In other words, you lose all joy by the time you become a Christian as long as I have been. Uh, excuse me, Pastor. This is David. Yeah, you're, yes. I'm the, uh, the, the, yeah, the, the youth pastor at the church. Yeah. Uh, I think we need to remove that teacher, like, stat right now. Like, where in the world have we gotten the lie that the longer we are Christians, that we got to lose our joy for the Lord? Where have we ever gotten that lie from? It is not true, guys. It's not true. If anything, the more you spend time with somebody, the more love and happiness and joy you have for that individual. Right? And so it is possible to keep our Christian joy longer than a year or longer than six months. I'm convinced that as believers, we settle for partial joy. Partial joy. Can you imagine going into a restaurant and having a great meal and you just eat half of it? Like every dish you eat half and you leave the other half. I just don't want it. Can you imagine like cooking a hot loaf of sourdough bread? I know I'm making you hungry. It's lunchtime almost. A nice loaf of sourdough bread. That's one of those things that I love to do. And you just get the best butter. What is that called, honey? That's right. Kerrygold butter. <laughs> and you slather some of that butter over that hot, crunchy bread and you bite into that. Why is it that we settle for just taking a bite and then leaving the rest? My prayer today, guys, and over the next couple of weeks, my prayer is that we find the real joy of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord. You know what? David did not even know I was going to do a series on joy, and he did that. There's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. We're going to shout out the name of Jesus. And that is what it's all about, guys. If we can just get into a place in our lives to say, I don't care what circumstances. I know things are really hard and rough. But I'm going to rest in the peace and joy of the Lord because He is my King and He is my Lord. Hey, thank you for watching the Sermon of the Week. We pray that you were blessed by it and you felt prompted to act upon what the Spirit of God was saying to you. If you live in the Charlotte area, we would love for you to come and worship with us at one of our weekend gatherings. That way you can find out more about our church family and what we value most.
We encourage you also to give to our ministry so that we might continue spreading the gospel of Jesus to our city and throughout the world. To do so, you simply go to missioncommunity.cc, click on the Give button, and the rest is simple. Lastly, I would encourage you to check out the remaining content on our YouTube channel. And don't forget to subscribe. That way you will receive all of the reminders for fresh content that we put out. Have a wonderful rest of your day. May God bless you and thank you again for watching this week's message.